Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. I want to welcome everybody to Omega Man Australia. We've got with us today Peter Wiffen, Deliverance Minister from the Gold Coast. Peter, welcome back. How are you doing? Uh, good morning from Australia. How are you? Good day. I'm doing good. You're doing good? Yeah, we're doing good here. It's um, been an interesting week. That's for sure. <laughs> Man, it is, it's an honor to bring you on here all the way from Australia. We love and appreciate you, um, Peter. And um, we've got the next hour with Peter Wiffen. Peter, why don't you open up the program with prayer? Okay. Um, dear Father God, we love you and praise you today. We ask you to be with us today. We want you to be with us. We choose you. We want you. We want the kingdom to come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's how Jesus said to pray. So we pray that. Let the kingdom come upon all of us today and be in our lives. Let the kingdom of God put to sleep all our enemies today. Let there be peace ruling and reigning for us today. As the messages go out and the word of your promise goes out, let it be heard. Let everything stopping the ears and blinding the minds be bound in the name of Jesus now. Let the truth be known today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Peter, welcome back. I want to say hello to everybody out there tuning in. We're doing a marathon day today. Coming up on the next program, we're going to have Dr. Henry Wright on, a more excellent way. And I want to say hello to Marina. We've got Evangelist Hernandez, Dyson, Kimmy, Little One. We've got Andrea. We've got Warrior for Christ and others joining us. Brother Peter, I'm going to turn the mic over to you. Take it away. Okay, thank you. Um. You know, uh, uh, it's been an interesting week this week. Uh, went out and um, prayed with some ladies uh, that uh, been knocked around. And, um, oh, my goodness, in between them running out to have a cigarette and um, and uh, uh, bouncing around, we, we managed to get some uh, some message out there. And, um, oh, gee, we, we prayed and um, they, they got hit. They got hit with... Uh, uh, the truth. They got hit with some love, and and, and I found out after that 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 um, uh, one of them went down and got water baptized. I, I was actually going to do it, but uh, her uh, they went down to church and the pastor did it for them. So I, I was pretty pleased with that. Uh, and you know, if you looked on the surface, you, you'd be looking at some hopeless cases. You know. Um, People caught in drugs, iniquity, um, all sorts of terrible stuff. Yet could sit there and uh, and listen to the to the message, to listen to something about good news, and it got me thinking about um, it got me thinking about what's going on, what's really going on, and. Uh, uh, so I started looking at um, I started looking up at the beginning, and um, we can see there right up in Genesis in the beginning that um, we all know they ate from the tree, but uh, eating from the tree. Uh, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, you shall not eat of it. But uh, Eve added to that, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now this is uh, Eve adding a logical conclusion to sound doctrine. 
The doctrine was, don't eat of the tree. But Eve added, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, I don't know if we realize this, but it hit me there that this is a fundamental error. It's a common error. You know, it's quite reasonable. The tree's dangerous. Um, don't even touch it. You know, <laughs> you'll die. But, but the don't touch it, you die was even more dangerous. And um, this, this, this is how I've uh, concluded that uh, uh, Eve wasn't stupid. Uh, she knew the tree was dangerous. But uh, one a little bit craftier than her came along and said to the woman, you shall not surely die. Hmm. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. Hmm. Isn't that being said today? You can, uh, you won't die. Uh, God's not there. He's, uh, you, you won't die. But um, the serpent said, for God does know that in the day you eat, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be of God's knowing good and evil. What is that? That is um, the invitation of evil into the world. And thank God the tree was a double-edged sword, a double-edged offering sword agreement because it was good and evil, which, which allows the salvation to come, the good to come, and also the evil to come into the world. Because it was given into man's hands to have dominion over the world. Once the door was opened, the door was opened, your eyes shall be opened, the door was opened to allow evil to come in the world. What was that evil? We'll talk about that soon. Genesis 3, 6 says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof. She picked it. And she didn't die. Uh-oh. The wrong doctrine, misunderstanding, a logical additional conclusion to scripture, neither shall you touch it lest you die, now proves God wrong. <laughs> this is where adding to the word, adding to God's promises, adding to the word is so dangerous. It'll kill. See, when she opened her mouth and said, neither shall you touch it lest you die, I bet Satan touched it and said, see, you won't die. I touch it. Now, that's me just thinking about it. But I tell you what, the word of God, the scripture says she took of the fruit. And when she picked it, she didn't die. So now you're going to be logically concluding that God's a liar and that Satan's talking to her and he's true. You won't die. I picked it. I've got it in my hand and now I'm not dying. Hmm. That's what the world's doing. They're prosperous. Everything's working out for them. They've got houses. They've got cars. Have a drive up the highway and have a look. They've got money. Then, then you get the old Christian, you know, who um, turns to God and he's poor and broke and afflicted. They're touching the fruit and they're not dying. Yes, they're living, two men marrying and they're touching the fruit and they're not dying. <laughs> oh, we're, we're living our best life now and we're not dying. She took of the fruit, didn't die. But then she ate it. Yep. You know, God said to the snake, you're going to eat the dust. God says he's not mocked. You're going to reap it. 
but see, because of unbelief, people are picking the fruit, holding it, and they're not dying. No, they're not dying yet. So this is um, this is something I saw. So um, and he's. Eve tested the lie by touching the first fruit, and here was her fatal mistake. Now, you have a look at doctrines. They're twisted all over the place, all over the place. So why am I saying about this? Watch out for the extended logical truth. Truth with a logical extension that sounds terrific and goes even along with the theme, but it's wrong. There's another place um, the devil took away from uh, the truth to to really try and kill Jesus. Um, Jesus was uh, on the remember the story. Jesus on the pinnacle at the temple, and uh, Satan says, yeah, "Jump off!" And uh, and the scripture says, uh, "Scripture says uh, he gives his angels charge over you." That's what the devil said. Yeah, and doesn't God say he gives his angels charge over you? You can do anything. The extension to that scripture that was left off was in all my ways. So it's conditional. Jesus could have died following the logical extension of a truth. Fortunately, he knew the scripture and he said, you don't tempt God. You don't take it too far. In other words, our ways tempt God. Then he, he's tempted to move against his word, his promises. Tempted to move to support a lie. So in... Um, in misunderstanding the scripture and acting on that misunderstanding, we, we can get drawn into tempting God. So why I'm saying this is, know the scriptures, read the scriptures. We're told to have the scriptures before our minds night and day, night and day, night and day. Why? Because when the, well, this is why, because when Adam and Eve together, one flesh, ate from the tree. And you'll notice their eyes didn't open until Adam ate. Both had to eat. Two became one flesh. Both had to eat from the tree. Evil was now invited into the world. And corruption. What was that corruption? Genesis 3.11 says, And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Has thou eaten of the tree? They shouldn't have known that they were naked. God points out that they should not have known that they were naked. Only from eating the tree, they would lose their cover. People talk about open doors, or you've got open doors, or, or there's an open door. <laughs> Adam and Eve opened the door on the whole of mankind. Uh, churches say, oh, you can't be oppressed, uh, uh, you can't be possessed by a demon, but you can be oppressed. Um, demons can't live in the same body with the Holy Spirit. All extensions to the truth. Sounds nice, sounds reasonable, but it's wrong. Christian can't have a demon. Well, now we have evil access to the whole world because Adam was given dominion and in that power of dominion said, okay, I allow evil into this world. What is the evil? Man's mind, like many preach in humanism. Oh, just uh, clean up your act, brother. Uh, just forget about it all and it will go away. God gives a clue in Genesis 3.16. Unto the woman, he said, I'll greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. 
In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. Thy desire shall be put to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. What, what do you think that is? Or a lady who's had pain in childbirth? That, um, most mothers, after they're given birth to the baby, I, I know we've had four of them. I've had four children, been there at four births, are pretty happy. They have some pain, but they're pretty happy. And they don't have sorrow at childbirth. They're so happy with their baby. It doesn't line up. Yes, they have they have pain, but they don't have sorrow having children. That's not normal. Mothers are happy. Every mother will tell you they it, it it's happy. I know when mine were born, it was really happy. So that's not lining up with what we see. Because I tell I I tell you, I got an idea what this is. This is the Nephilim. This is the giants. Because when the ladies were made pregnant by the angels, they produced giants. Now just imagine being a little lady giving birth to a 30-foot human baby, a baby that's going to grow to 30 foot. That baby could be bigger than you at birth. And I think somewhere in, uh, in the writings of iniquity, it says the women burst open. They died. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of sorrow because mum died having the babies. And the husband shall rule over thee. That's the, that's the angel. That's the fallen angel ruling them. God's pointing there to the big fall, the big fall of man, where angels are invited into the earth, fallen, and producing seed. That evil seed is the mixture, the mixture of the Nephilim seed, the mixture of the perversion of God's creation. God rested on the seventh day, he said, and he cannot be blamed. I believe that's why he rested, because he cannot be blamed for the perversion, the mixed seed, producing the fallenness, producing the wickedness. In Genesis 3.19, God says, In the sweat of thy face they shall eat bread, and thou shalt return unto the ground, for it was out of the ground. For dust thou art, and dust thou shalt return. You know, that's a blessing when you think about it because God is killing everything. Men, mankind, and the mixed seed with it. So by eating from the tree you shall surely die was a blessing because that's the only way it can be fixed. I, I think many people are caught on, um, on, on, caught on um, religion and haven't realized that um, it's, it's about the redemption from the corruption that's in the world, says in another place, the corruption that is in the world through lust. It's the lust of the fallen beings that brought the corruption. I believe Satan wanted the fallen world. He wanted the war world for himself. And he takes the seeds of God's creation and mixes them. Well, my enemy was away. While I was away, my enemy came and sowed the tares. Mixing the seed and um, mixed, he mixed the seed of angels, humans, and humans and animals. It cannot be fixed without death and resurrection. This is the gospel we're working with. We're working in the middle of the process of death and resurrection, of being recreated. In one place, uh, Jesus has the dialogue with Nicodemus and um, says, uh, You're a teacher of Israel, and you marvel that I say you must be born again? Jesus couldn't believe that he didn't understand. And, and the cross hadn't even happened then. Jesus is knowing that 
the only way this can all be fixed is we die, we're born again and resurrected, sown as corruptible and raised as incorruptible. Because of the mixing of the seed, all must die, and Satan's seed and mankind as corrupted die and go to ground. God is re resurrecting to himself, incorruptible, refixing it. This is our justification. So open doors, and in the meanwhile... We're living in this corrupted world with free spirits running around that are the souls of the corrupted. The corruption is proven outside the Bible by myths and legends, the titans, the giants, the um, archaeological discoveries of, of Nephilim skulls. You can Google all that. Many, many know all about it. The um, uh, mermaids. Uh, you have a look. Look at the gods of uh, Egypt, uh, uh, dogs on people's heads and mixture of animals and humans. Uh, the Bible talks of lion-like men. It talks about strange women. <laughs> strange women are not just from another country. This is women that are different. Egyptian hieroglyphs show of elongated heads and they found skulls, they tested DNAs different. This is the strange women. God told Israel, don't mix with them. He's trying to keep the seed pure enough to bring the cross. And he's saying, don't mix with them, don't marry them. Yet Israel pursued them and against God's wishes, didn't understand and took the wives and made strange children with the wives. Mixing the seed, mixing and mixing it. So the salvation of the world depended on Israel being obedient to God and bringing the cross, as we know. The cross gives God the right in righteousness. His own rights he set up to make every one of us born again and to resurrect and purify all our bodies. Give us a new body, uncorruptible. And in God's grace, he's let us taste that. Even though our flesh, our body, is not, re, uh, not made incorruptible yet. The reason our body is not made incorruptible yet, it's made from the earth and it all has to happen at once. But our spirits don't, and we're born again in spirit, which gives us a new nature, living in a corruptible body. All of us still die. None of us, when we're born again, escape the judgment of death, proving that the body is still corruptible. As we minister um, to people, this show is about deliverance. So um, as we minister to people who need deliverance and to the world and witness to the world, um, it's good to keep in mind that um, just because people are handling the, uh, the fruit from the fall, that, that, that they can escape from eating that fruit. The scripture, Jesus promised persecution. He said you will have persecution. You will be saved, but you will have persecution. Did you know that the word in the Bible, the whole book of the book of Job, is about that very subject? Did you know that the, the book of Job is... Part God's words, part Job's words, and part three of Job's friends' words. Did you know that uh, in the book of Job, 
it became very dangerous for Job's friends in how they looked and talked and treated Job, who was persecuted, whose name means persecuted. It says here in Job 42.7, And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words to Job, the Lord said to Epizaz, the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right, as my servant Job, who is persecuted, has. Hmm. So, um, Job, the whole book of Job, is a lesson on ministering to the persecuted. I don't know if anybody's realized this, but this whole book points to how to minister to the persecuted. And uh, I'd encourage a very deep read of the book of Job. Um, I have, uh, because of time's sake, this is just an hour, and um, I have uh, pulled out some things out of there that, um, that might be helpful to opening the eyes from ministries on how to minister. Because it ended up that Job had to pray for his friends. <laughs> God told his friends to, you know, to repent, bring seven bulls and sacrifice them and um, let Job pray for you. So um, uh, they were wrong. And uh, what I see is uh, in the, in the uh, ministries, I read this and I could see similar things happening. And uh, not only does it hurt the uh, person being ministered to, Job's friends hurt him, but they were bringing something against themselves too. So uh, in the fear of the Lord, we should look at that and realize that uh, we should be uh, <laughs> we should be very careful on how we're ministering to people who are being persecuted. In one place it says here, uh, Job 2.3, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that perfect and upright, put your finger there, one that feareth God, and it sheweth evil, and still he holdeth fast in his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. Put your finger on that part. A perfect and upright man to be destroyed without cause. Hmm. So it's interesting on the name meanings of Job's friends. Epinaz means my God is fine gold. These are prosperity people. The other names point to gold as well and peace. So these these names point to people who are living in abundance and peace. Oh yes, they're not persecuted themselves. So um, the theme right through the whole scriptures that I found there was... They pointed the finger. Mm. They basically said to Job, it's your fault. Your righteousness, Job, has caused this. And you must forget about it all and it will go away. So when we're ministering, we have to be careful. Uh, in Job 4.6, uh, my God is fine gold, Epinaz says, is not thy fear, thy confidence, thy hope and uprightness of thy ways? Hoping in your own uprightness, your own righteousness? He says in 7, remember I pray thee, whoever, whoever perished being innocent, or where were the righteous cut off? Then he points to, Behold, happy is a man who God correcteth. It might be the correction of God, Job. 
Therefore despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. Though this we have searched it, and so it is. Hear and know that thou it be for thy good. So, you know, he's ministering to Job for Job's good, saying, I know how to solve your problems, Job. It's your... Um, um, your uprightness, um, you're being corrected by God. It's God moving to correct you here. But God says he was wrong. Job answers in uh, Job 6.14, To him that is afflicted, pity should be showed from his friend. Pity. But he forsaketh the fear of the Almighty. Job's saying that when someone's afflicted, that they should be received pity. But they don't. And they forsake the fear of the Almighty by not showing pity to their friends. God said Job was right. How forceful are right words, but what does your arguing reprove, Job says. Like, what's the point? How is your arguing, arguing helping? You, you make a comment and it doesn't answer anything, Job's saying to them virtually. Job 6.27, yea, you overwhelm the fatherless, you dig a pit for your friend. Basically, you make matters worse instead of helping. Hmm. This one, the next friend's name is Bildad, which means Bel has loved. Bel, which, which is like God, has loved another God. It's another God. The Shuite equals wealth. Basically, his name means Bel has loved wealth. The God of wealth. He said, if thou would seek unto God bedtimes, be times, and make thy supplication to the Almighty, if you'd pray, Job, and if thou wert pure and upright, here it is again, self-righteousness, surely now he would take away for thee and make thy habitation of thy righteousness prosperous. Hmm, you'd prosper, Job, if you just prayed the right way and you purified yourself and made yourself upright, you'd be prosperous. God said he was wrong too. If you're just tuning in, we're live right now with Minister Peter Whiffen. Peter, let me interject a question for you. Sure. How can we uh, get ourselves cleaned up so that we can prosper? Okay. It's all the promises, well, you know, we can, this is a bit negative, but, but what I wanted to point out there was, is that, was, this, was that um, just because someone is prosperous and, um, and has everything, it doesn't mean that that, that um, is a condition of their spirituality. And um, unfortunately, there's a prosperity gospel out there that is an extension like the fruit. And, um, well, we we live in uh, a fallen world full of uh, spiritual wickedness that was created um, in perversion to God's will. Perverse spirits, mixed spirits that are dead looking for bodies. They hate us without a cause. And some people are actually beat up by them without a cause. And um, so um, how, how can we be prosperous? All the promises of God are in Jesus. It's his righteousness, not ours. And um, the the answer to this, and, and of course, of time's sake, we can go to the end of it because you can go on and on through the book of Job. It's all through there. You read it. Um, the one that is pleasant said, um, um, uh, if you can lift up your face without spot, yea, thou shalt be steadfast. And that's, um, you, you can't clean yourself up. Did you create yourself? Were you created? In, did you make yourself in your mother's womb? We are all um, we are all being perverted. We've, the the 
God said he made man and he was good. Is man got the fruit of goodness in the earth today? Have a look at the news. So God is recreating us. All things are passed away. And we have a taste of the power of the ages to come. We are born again. When we turn to God, he does the miracle. And we are born again. But we now have to recognize where the devil is and demons are moving and his kingdom is moving. How do we do that? We look at the law and the law will point us to where the devil is moving so that we can bind it, cast it out, pray against it. And um, uh, Jesus gave the answer. To answer your question there, um, Shannon, Jesus gave the answer to be prosperous. Remember he said, "If you, uh, now I've, I've got to do this all by memory, but remember where he said um, uh, in the temple, uh, in, the, in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, consider the sparrows. Remember that passage? Yes. And um, uh, now don't go after things like the Gentiles do. He said that, didn't he? So then he gives how to go over, how, how to solve the problem. Um, how to get your, your prosperities. He says, what? Two things to do. He said, first, seek the kingdom of God, right? That's right. And his righteousness, right? Yes. Whose righteousness? God's righteousness. Yeah, not yours. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so Job's friends are all pointing to Job's righteousness. See, there's a passage there in um, in um, uh, uh, in Deuteronomy nine four about deliverance. God speaking, He says, "Speak not in thine heart after the Lord thy God has cast them out before thee, saying, For my righteousness the Lord has brought me into possession of this land." But for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord does drive them out before thee. We get we, we get deliverance because the demons are wicked. Not because we're good. If we got if we got the grace of God because we'd be good, no one would be saved. <laughs> would they? You you save while you're a sinner. <laughs> And you get the powerful rebirth, being born again when you're a sinner. And it doesn't stop there. You still get your deliverance because God is recreating us. God says, I will make you stand. We have to believe that God is fixing us and God can make us stand. Then we have to look to him to save us, not ourselves. Because if we look to ourselves, we look in the wrong direction. Hmm. You know, um, Shannon, I, God showed me these things early on, and, and um, I don't know why, but he showed it to me. I was a, I was a two-pack-a-day chain smoker. You know, people, people who uh, have been through that, uh, drug addiction, all sorts of addictions, know that it's a bondage. <laughs> you can't just stop. I, I actually stopped for a whole year, and, man, I started up again, and I went from one pack a day to two packs a day because I, I went worse. But, you know, God showed me the demon coming out of me. Uh, he opened my eyes and I saw it come out of my eyes, out of my mouth. I saw it with my open eyes, not imagination, not in the spirit. I saw the spirit world and it, it was like glass, another atmosphere. And this thing came out of my mouth. It was just a round ball with, with spikes on it, like a burr that holds onto a sheep. You, you know, the seeds with the little hooks around them? Right. And that thing just came straight out of my mouth and took off. And instantly, I knew I had the power given back to me to smoke or not smoke. Now, I could have done the 12 steps to stop smoking, resisted smoking, you know, close my eyes when someone was smoking, go away from my friends who smoked. But after that, I could be around friends who smoked. It didn't worry me because I was free. That part of me was fixed. The perversion that had gone into me was gone. That's so that's true. why 
God, that's why Jesus says the way to be prosperous. He, he said, "Don't do it by sowing and reaping." He said, "Look at the birds; they don't sow and reap. God feeds them, and He loves you more than them." No, you do it by sowing and reaping. You're doing your own strength. We us we our needs are supplied by the riches of the glory, Jesus' glory. What is Jesus' glory? His glorious victory. Glory is a military term. He bankrupted the universe and owns everything from the glory of the cross because it's got to be paid back. How do you pay back a a how do you pay back the life of a eternal being? You can't. That's why grace has so much vacuum. It's abundant grace. It can't be paid back, never. The blood of Jesus can never be paid back because his family died with him. So God says, first seek the kingdom. Now that begs the question, what is the kingdom? What is the kingdom? When I cast out devils, surely you know the kingdom has come upon me. When I heal the sick, you know the kingdom has come. God said, Jesus said the kingdom to come, pray it to come because it's not here. He wouldn't say pray it to come if it was here, would he? <laughs> That'd be a waste of time. It's not here. He gave an instruction to the church, wait in the teaching of peace, wait in Jerusalem for power and fire, firepower, firepower. They already had the Holy Spirit. It was given to them. Uh, Thomas was missing and, and he come back and Jesus said, put your hand in my side. He gave the Holy Spirit then. It was about God teaching men. They got to wait and get the power and the fire he gave the holy spirit straight away but then after that he said wait where in the not in bethlehem we're talking about this not in nazareth not in the red sea not in the dead sea wait in jerusalem which means teaching of peace get the right teaching you get the right teaching and then you get the power that's how to prosper get the kingdom which is the power over the devil, over the over the corruption. That's why. Why would God say? Why would God say um, first seek the kingdom? Logical conclusion. The thief. If you're going to have prosperity, you better watch out because uh, the thief is going to come and steal. Do not thieves go to nice areas and look at nice homes? <laughs> you know, they don't go to empty houses, do they? Um, so first seek the kingdom. How do you seek the kingdom? You stay in the teaching of peace until you get the power. That's how you seek it. And you pray for it to come. That's how you seek it. And then his righteousness. What? How, how do you seek his righteousness? Uh, be good? Mm -hmm. Yes and no. There's a scripture for it. Abraham believed God and it was put on his account as righteousness. You know, when Abraham met, met uh, Melchizedek, they had the Lord's Supper, the bread and the wine. Melchizedek, I believe, told Abraham about the death and resurrection and that the creation would be fixed by by the resurrection and that this is how it's all going to be sorted out and fixed because Abraham later even perceived that his son could be raised from the dead where'd he get that from did he pull that out of his head no he, he got that from uh, the whole story was shown to to Abraham so Abraham believed the gospel he believed the that will be all fixed by the resurrection and that was put on his account as righteousness Abraham just didn't believe in God. He believed what God promised. You'll be the father of many nations. You're going to be involved in this. We need to look at the promises of God for us. And the only promises of God for us are in Jesus. He said, he said it's all in me. It's in me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the truth. The promises that there's uh, – I looked them up. There's over 200 promises if you want to look them up, <laughs> what Jesus promised us. So um, 
when we when we see people that are uh, that are uh, not perfect, you won't find a perfect person. God says our, our righteousness is um, filthy, right? That's right, as filthy rags. Yeah. So so why do we think that we can clean up our filthy rags and get deliverance? <laughs> hey, Shannon, when this demon was cast out of me, I still had the cigarettes in my top pocket. <laughs> yeah, and, and I hadn't confessed anything, except, yes, you can pray for me. I hadn't repented or anything. I, I hadn't decided yet to smoke or not smoke, really. I threw the cigarettes out in the bin on the way out. I think God knew my heart. But I, I, I still had them in my pocket. You know something? I felt like I was the bystander of something happening I didn't know about. These ministers were casting out the demon, and it was between the demon and them. That was the fight going on. My goodness, they were jumping up and down and saying, come out and speaking in tongues. And I, I was... New to all of this, one week old Christian or two weeks old, I didn't even know what was going on. I hadn't even heard about speaking in tongues yet. My face started shaking and I wanted to swear my head off. Where were you at? Share that testimony. I, I was in Fiji and um, a, a, a lady we'd run into gave me a Bible and um, she prayed for me. And you know something? I'd sit there, I'd be smoking away in her office, and she never said one thing to me about smoking. And had she have said that, I wouldn't have discovered the devil in me because the, the demon in me knew what she was like. I know now, I didn't know then, and started making excuses in my mind. And that's how I know that, that the demons speak in your mind. They used to have a mind, and when they get in you, they speak inside your mind, and they make it sound like it's you. <laughs> that's where we need the gift of discerning of spirits. And that's why we need to know the scripture, <laughs> because if you don't, yeah, you're, you're meat for them. You're, 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 you're dead in the water. If you don't know, and if you don't divide the truth, the word of truth properly, man, you, you can be just listening to those extensions of the scripture. Don't even touch it and you'll die. And then you then God's wrong and proven wrong, and then you lose hope, and then, you, then you're believing, uh, then you're testing God on the truth. So... Um, I go to her, um, I just go innocently to her and I say, I'm getting funny thoughts about smoking, being a Christian and all sorts of weird things going about in my head about smoking. And she said to me, I'll pray for you, Peter, and you will never smoke again. And, you know, she knew I was a chain smoker, Shannon. <laughs> Amazing. What faith she had. What faith she had. And, and I'm going, no, you can have this Bible back. I'm going if this doesn't work. Because I'm thinking, you know, I don't want to get caught in all this religious bulldust, you know. I, I don't want to get caught up in all this. And um, so she said, no, 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 we'll, we'll pray for you and, and you will not smoke again. And I said, all right, then pray for me then. <laughs> and God just kicks that devil's butt right out of me. Did she pray for you <laughs> by herself or did she take you to church with her? What happened? She called the youth pastor in. Who, who uh, I know to this day, and, and um, you know her name is Joy Whitaker, and um, she's still alive today. She she's actually the mother-in-law of a pastor of a big church here in in Brisbane. Amazing, they're alive. They're alive. I went up to her. I, I go and see her now and again, and give her a big hug and thank her for getting me saved. Man, you got to invite her on the program. Her and that youth pastor. Uh, that'd be pretty awesome. So basically. She called him over, and the two of them began to pray for you. What happens next? Well, they, they start praying, and then next thing you know, both of them start pointing at my stomach, saying, come out, come out, come out, ah, you know. <laughs> and um, I, I, they're pointing, and they're gradually moving their fingers up my chest, and I can feel this sort of lumpy thing coming up my chest. Oh, and um, you know, I'm, the room goes to glass. I don't know if you ever heard anybody say that. It went glassy before my eyes, or the room went to glass. It was like like um, jello, jelly, you know, glass, uh, but you could cut it with a knife. It was a different atmosphere. Wow. Um, and God must have opened my eyes. I, I didn't know anything then. And um, next thing you know, I start coughing, and, you know, people cough and uh, when they get deliverance. 
and then I saw this thing appear. It come out of my mouth and it hovered right in front of my nose, about six inches from my nose. Huh. Holy cow. It was round. It had spikes. It looked like a sea anemone. If you Google sea anemone, it's round, like a gonky ball, you know, with spikes, like, you know, all spikes sticking out of it. And uh, I think it had some red colour on it. And uh, I don't know if it had a face in it or not, but um, it, it hovered for just a second or two and then it bolted. Boom, it was flew away like a UFO taken off. And uh, it was gone. And uh, that was it. Now, what and, did you uh, feel next? Well, what happened? Uh, what happened was I, 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 you know, they all said, "Well, well, that's it." And uh, I threw the cigarettes out on the way out. And um, um, from there, I was filled with liquid love. Um, you know, in the church there, I went went down to church. One of the guys ministering there, he's dead now, was a really good minister, and um, he laid hands on me. I think I got a lot of gifts off him because uh, I got I, I glowed. My face got glowed. And um, I got filled with liquid love, and um, uh, I had power come in my voice as well. I felt felt power coming in my voice. My, my voice like resonated like a like a muffler on a sports car, I suppose. With that, you could feel vibrations or power. And um, uh, uh, you know that was that was getting scary. Um, in uh, Suva, all the dogs bark all night. And I got sick of it. So I went out into the street and rebuked the dogs. And the minute I did, they all stopped barking. <laughs> it was in the newspaper the next day. It was the quietest night in Suva ever. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I thought if this kept going, I'd speak and walls would fall over. And I'm not bragging myself. I didn't know what was going on. I, I was like a pregnant girl who didn't know how she got pregnant. And uh, I didn't know what had happened. <laughs> and, oh, my goodness. That's amazing. So, see, that's... Hey, that, that's Praise the kingdom. God. Look, we have to seek the kingdom, not our righteousness. Um, yes, we will be righteous when we've got the kingdom. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you can sin and do what you want to do. You can't. But where you see sin happening, Paul says, doesn't he say, sin happening in my members and I, I do what I don't want to do? That's right. a demon. <laughs> that's a demon. That's right. You need but, a deliverance. Yeah, you just haven't been fully redeemed. So, so, you know, the people pray for other people. Don't point the finger. Deliver them. <laughs> yeah, just deliver them. Amen and, to that. Uh, amen. We're, amen. This is amen. a good word tonight. We're live with Peter Whiffen from Gold Coast, Australia. Hmm. <laughs> you know, it says God loved the world because the, the world he made, he said it was good and it got busted. It got ruined. And uh, there's reasons, I believe, why... Um, uh, God gave uh, Adam the, the choice to allow good or evil into the earth, and and um, it's because God was going to become a man Himself in the in the in the in the Lord Jesus, and 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 that man had to have no restrictions. So as a man, Jesus had no restrictions in terms of authority. <laughs> so uh, he became the life giving Spirit, as we were talking before. Adam was. A living soul, a soul man. And um, I don't know if he was a good singer like the soul man, but anyway, <laughs> he was he's a soul man. And the next Adam is a life-giving spirit. What is that? That's repairing the creation. And i tell you what, he owns the righteousness because it's not trusted with any other man. And in that way, everyone can be incorruptible forever. Because, see, think of this, Shannon. Um, Adam eats from the tree of life first. Then he could have also went back and ate from the other tree too, couldn't he have? And any one of his children could have. So the whole of creation would have been always at risk, never at peace in that in that scenario so this way no we are sown in corruption and raised in incorruptible so this is why we must first seek the kingdom if you can't cast out demons if you can't heal the sick don't worry seek the kingdom you will you know how it started with me i i had this thought um 
these signs follow those that believe. I said, oh, my goodness, I haven't got the signs. Do I really believe or do I think I believe or am I deceived that I believe? So I started saying, these signs follow those that believe. In my name, you cast out demons, you heal the sick. And it started happening. I said about this before. It started happening. So if it's not happening, it won't happen if you don't go and do it. Faith, you've got to step out in faith, right? Faith without works is dead. You have to move. People say this is the truth. The Bible says it's the truth that sets us free. But I tell you what, God told me something. Love is the truth. So the first time I had really a significant miracle on someone other than the fish that uh, that happened with the word of knowledge was that um, my heart was sorry. My heart was sorry for the lady with the hand with the arthritis. And that's showing pity. And so the ministries will work by feeling pity. You'll find when Jesus did it, it's not called pity everywhere. It's, it's, you know, he, 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 he had compassion. That's the same thing. Don't be like the, uh, the characters in the, um, in the story of uh, the Good Samaritan. The priest and the Levite walked across the other side of the road. In this study on Job, Job, Job says, I'm as good as you. <laughs> and there's no one better than anyone else. Job says, I'm as good as you. I can pray. I can pray to God too, you know, here. <laughs> so anyway. Praise um, the Lord. We're coming up to the top of the hour and time flew by. We're just going to call this part one. Part <laughs> one. <laughs> But one, and, it's, and look, it's ministering with compassion, and uh, please, please uh, read. Um, like, look, I've read it, and I'm, I'm getting something out of it, and uh, it's very easy for us to point a finger, and, uh, you know, <laughs> you'll get a demon if you do that. It says it in Genesis 49. Have a read about Dan being on his high horse. You'll backslide too. Amen to that. I believe, I believe that's why many backslide. They, they, they climb up on a horse that gets bitten, and they fall off backwards. God, have mercy. Um, God, have mercy. So, <laughs> Peter, what shall we call this for the the archives? Um, uh, how to minister to or, or ministering to the persecuted. Okay, Something we'll like call that. it ministering to the persecuted. To the persecuted. Peter, I want to thank you for coming on today um, and for you all joining us here in Omega Man Australia. We're going to have Peter back again real soon. Peter, check your schedule. Let me know what you got available for your next slot. How can a okay. person make contact with you and your ministry? Give out your website. Um, the web is hiskingdomstable.com, and there's a download there, free. And um, you can contact me on Facebook, Peter Whiffen, W-H-I-F-F for Facebook, I for Igloo N for Nelly, Peter Whiffen. And um, I'm on Skype. Value triple seven Skype is the key for that. But I'm happy to pray for people. Anybody who wants prayer, we're praying for people. Uh, pray for people every day and um, uh, and help people where we can. You know, you have to use the talents you've got. I, you know, just pray, just pray. Don't worry about. It. Let God. You pray. You've done your bit. <laughs> Amen. Right. That's right. right. Don't worry if you get a result or not. Once you pray, it's up to God. Peter, how can a person uh, reach you? Give out that email and website. Um, you can get me at Peter Whiffen, Peter Whiffen at hotmail.com or Peter Whiffen at Facebook and um, hiskingdomstable.com, hiskingdomstable.com. That's where you can reach me if you want to talk to me. There's a booklet there, um, Deliverance is at the Table. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there that uh, is helpful. Um it's, it's had a few thousand downloads off my web, last count, and um, it's helped a lot of people giving testimonies back on that. I'm glad it's helpful. So <laughs> it's there for free. If anyone wants it, you can read it. It's about 50 pages. My brother, be blessed. We love and appreciate you. Let me pray for you in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Father God, bless Brother Peter. We thank you for the word of God that was preached today. 
We ask God that you would expand his territories, touch his body, speak to your body right now, be healed in Jesus' name. Lord God, expand his tent pegs, bless Peter, bless everybody that is tuned in today, Lord, in Jesus Christ's name. My brother, we'll see you soon. Love and appreciate you. Thank you for coming on this morning. All right, everybody, have a great day. See you all later. God bless you. Everybody out there, welcome. We're doing our marathon. We're going to go right into our next program with Dr. Henry Wright. Let me patch him in right now. If you're on MixLR, we're going to refresh it. Stand by just one second. Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you.